the four co-authors of the book have done a fabulous job laying out the book in 30 minutes or so. Remarkable, I don't know how many minutes per page that is or how many seconds, but really a tour de force. We are privileged to have with us today a wonderful discussant, Umalele, who is well known to all of us here in the room, needs no introduction. She is an international policy expert with considerable experience and insights. Particularly interesting also is that she is the president-elect of the International Association of Agricultural Economists, which is going to hold its next international convening in 2021 in India. So it will be even more interesting to hear your reflections, Uma, on the messages of this book. First, congratulations to the team. Um, it's an amazingly rich book in terms of analysis and evidence, etc. And typically, I like to believe that I don't learn much about India by reading new books. But I have to say, I learned a lot. And there were lots of new insights in uh, looking at Indian agriculture, which were phenomenal. So congratulations to all the four. You've worked very hard and in a short period of time. So impressed. Um, what puzzles those of us who come from India is the paradoxes of India. And most of us are familiar with it. India has a space program, which is the least cost space program for uh, sending um, uh, space uh, launches to Mars. And the Prime Minister has bragged about it sometimes to say that it costs less money to, to send this to uh, Mars, the rocket to Mars, than it does for the cost of rickshaw on an average per kilometer within Ahmedabad, uh, which is remarkable. I, and I think others have uh, admired India's space program. India is very advanced in technology, and it's actually beginning to apply a lot of its technical change to uh, poverty alleviation programs, cash transfer programs, etc. And obviously, it needs to do a lot more. India has managed the largest election, democratic election, without um, many incidences. And so the prime minister has a new mandate to be able to take Prabhu's ideas and try to do something about it. So I'll say something more about it before. But if you take into account all these miracles of India, uh, you realize, as was pointed out earlier, that rapid growth hasn't always been accompanied by rapid poverty reduction and hunger reduction. Uh, there is lots of scarcity within plenty, and there is a huge climate change challenge. Just today's newspaper says that India's, the temperatures were 120 degrees, and is going to continue to be a big challenge for India. Now, the um, cartoon I'm going to show you, I liked it very much because it, I thought it portrayed the problem that India can be very sophisticated in its space programs, but it still has problems with uh, its agriculture. Uh, I was uh, later on, I learned that this became very controversial, and New York Times had to apologize to India for having uh, printed this um, cartoon. So I just want to warn you that I used it despite the fact that the New York Times has apologized. Uh, I thought it told a story rather well. Uh, the story of India's largest democratic elections, we've been reading a lot about it lately. Uh, and Prabhu's um, analysis 
does a very good job of showing the uh, the distinctions within India, so not to think of India as a <coughs> uniform country, but with lagging states and agriculturally led states, which are still facing problems of lack of sufficient diversification, and then the increasing growing problem of obesity, etc. cetera. Uh, slow diversification of agriculture, he's been writing about it for a while now, and uh, another important thing I found in the book was um, much more attention to rural, rural migration, not just rural, urban migration. And you know, even the Green Revolution story was of rural, rural migration. Uh, so there are many insights and there is a lot to read in the book, so I urge everybody to read the book uh, and learn a lot more. And then he has all these number of solutions uh, prescriptions that he has provided. I'm just listing only some of them and not going to go over all of them, uh, but want to say a few things. I read um, Prabhu's lecture in Delhi, and it uh, concluded basically, um, this was given in Delhi a few months ago, that India will solve the problem of access to food in terms of calories but when it comes to other forms of malnutrition, he's not too sure that the policies are in place to be able to deal with it. And I was reminded of it because uh, when I was looking at his prescriptions. So, so then, if that is the case, if this is indeed the case that India, we know a lot about uh, the problem, but we don't know enough about the solutions, are not too optimistic about being able to achieve them, then what does it mean? So I thought I'll focus on what more needs to happen based on Prabhu's book. First and foremost, I think it's about time that India has a comprehensive agricultural policy again. Since the Green Revolution, it has just drifted from things to things, and its decentralization has created more challenges which need to be addressed. And with the mandate that the Prime Minister has, one of the things that could happen in India is uh, a new agricultural council, which is chaired by the Prime Minister, and including all the cabinet ministers, because that's the only way a large, complex country, which is very diverse, can deal with issues of uh, policy that Prabhu outlined, outlined so well. And then what does it mean for decentralization? When I look at India and China, for instance, which I do a lot of, I think one realizes that decentralization has gone too far, but it's not accountable decentralization. And so it's not a managed decentralization. And again, a um, council, something like a council can uh, do useful things in looking at India as a whole and what it means in terms of transfers from states that are lagging, et cetera. And in that context, I recently read a wonderful paper written by a former um, executive director in the IMF, who was also a finance secretary in India, and he's been very involved in India's finances for a long time, and he gave an honorary lecture. I urge all of you to read his paper. But what he's suggesting is that after the uh, elimination of the Planning Commission, the Niti Aayog that was created, is a very um, weak body. I mean, it provides all sorts of guidelines, but it really has no power to deal with allocation of resources. 
And I think what Prabhu's book makes very clear is that lagging states need more resources. And the only way India can provide those resources with this new tax reform that it has done, which many people have hailed, although there are a lot of problems with GST still, which need to be improved, is to allocate resources from the richer states, which contribute most of the tax resources to the poorer states, like the ones that he's talking about in, in Eastern, um, Eastern India, for instance. And so what does that mean? That means that Niti Aayog, which currently just writes guidelines for uh, liberalization of markets and et cetera, it really needs to have the power in order to be able to allocate resources, because that's the, that's the one function that the Planning Commission's abolition uh, left to the Finance Ministry. And he makes a very good case that Finance Ministry was never intended to allocate developmental resources. So Niti Aayog could be given that charge to allocate resources. And the second important thing he points out is that India needs an independent monitoring and evaluation unit. And as you know, one of our former colleagues from the World Bank was appointed to be head of the evaluation unit. Uh, and he, in fact, recommended disbanding of the Planning Commission. And what happened next? He, he lost his job. And he learned about it by reading newspapers. So um, I think the, if one is going to have the power to allocate resources in Niti Aayog, then there is also need for an independent body uh, which is not uh, politicized, which looks at allocation of resources and looks at effectiveness of uh, resources. So those are the ideas that came to my mind after reading Prabhu's very uh, stimulating book. Congratulations again, and thank you very much. Oh, I, I'm sorry, I should, there is, there is one other important thing I forgot to say. Uh, I have all these indices on uh, the state of gender in India, and by any criteria, any index, India turns out to be uh, very, Performing not very well, that's the least I can say, and I've said that here before. Uh, and so I do really don't think that India can solve its food problem and nutrition problem particularly without doing substantial amount of uh, steps and policies to improve the status of women in India. So that's my last appeal. Thank you very much. <laughs>